710-993-WBT. WBT. Hour number two, Pete Callender here, and uh, the phone numbers, as always, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Um, Margot Cleveland, uh, if you don't read her, she is well worth your time. She is the senior legal correspondent at The Federalist. The website is thefederalist.com. She's also a contributor to National Review Online, The Washington Examiner, townhall.com, uh, she's been published Wall Street Journal, USA Today. She's a lawyer. She's a Notre Dame law grad. Um, anyway, she has, and she's been following um, the uh, release of the Twitter files for the last few weeks. Yes. And so, uh, right. So anyway, she has a piece called Five Reasons the Media Are Ignoring the Scandalous Twitter Files. And I'm going to go over them because I think she totally nails it. Uh, all right. Hang on a second. All right. All right. Thank you. Okay. So scandalous revelations about Twitter's routine collusion with and censorship direction from the FBI. These are revelations that you probably haven't heard much about from the legacy corporate media. And this is true, by the way. I, there, I've said this website before. I, I don't mind sending you there if you want to look at one of the sites I use to aggregate topics and, and stories. It's called Memorandum, M-E-M-E-O, random, like memorandum, but with an extra E in there. Get it? Memorandum. Anyway, they've been around for a long time. It's it's just an aggregation site. And whoever's doing the aggregating, they tend to rely on corporate legacy media outlets, which means what? You see the narrative crafting in real time. You see the pack journalism. You see the talking points that have gone out. You see everybody making these same arguments. You see what's moving as the, quote, top stories. And I can tell you for the last few days, you know what it's been? George Santos. Why? Probably because, what, like uh, two-thirds of Americans think Joe Biden mishandled classified information. Just going out on a limb on that one. Oh, did you see the picture today that they turned up? Hunter Biden riding in uh, dad's Corvette during the time frame when he was living at the house when the the documents were at the house. So the totally secure, top secret Corvette storage facility in the garage, Hunter obviously had access to. And the picture is him riding around with two women wearing bikinis, their faces blurred out. Don't know if they were part of the sex trafficking uh, uh, operations that he's been uh, alleged to be uh, a, a, a client of. Don't know. Don't know. They got a problem. <laughs> the Biden's got a problem. On that. All right. So, but why are, why are the legacy outlets ignoring the developments regarding the Twitter files? Okay. All right. Well, why are they ignoring him? Five reasons. Margot Cleveland. Number one, it gives credence to Donald Trump's elections were stolen, rigged, whatever. It gives credence to those claims. How so, Pete? Ah, glad you asked. Accurate coverage would require the media to report on the FBI's role in burying the Hunter Biden laptop story, right? Which they obviously did. We, I've, I've been covering it thanks to the folks that have been uncovering the inside communications between Twitter and the intelligence agencies, specifically the FBI, right? They had the laptop. 
They knew it was authentic, yet they went and primed what they called primed the big tech companies to be ready for a hack and leak story. Probably even about Hunter Biden's laptop. So they went and told them, hey, if you see this story, be aware we're, we're getting uh, intel that uh, there, there's going to be some Russian disinformation operation probably in October, right before the election. And it's going to have to do with Hunter Biden's laptop. They even went so far as to create an entire uh, 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 like a war game scenario, right, where they invited all these people from media outlets to come to Davos. Switch. No, I'm kidding. It wasn't. It was like Aspen. Right. Anyway, I don't what is it with them going to these mountain uh, snowy places, whatever. So they go and they all hang out. And they're like over the course of like three or four days. They they plant this, quote, fake story. Right. The Russians are behind it. And they're like, you got the big tech people, you got the media people. And we're just trying to kind of war game this thing out. So you have some practice. This is just an exercise. It's a tabletop exercise here. How do you respond? And they threw in. Like, okay, now this happened. Oh, now choose your own adventure. Now this happened, right? And they're just throwing in all of these different things and getting people to work through their responses. And then, lo and behold, oh, my God, the exact thing happens. It's a Hunter Biden laptop story. Probably Russian disinformation. Remember, you had the 50-some-odd intelligence agents that put out the uh, the letter saying, we're, we're not really sure, but we totally believe that this is a Russian disinformation campaign. And everyone's like, oh, oh, this is what they told us was coming. Here it is. Here it is, everybody. It's happening. Except it wasn't disinformation. It was accurate. It was, it was true. And the FBI knew it was true. They had the laptop. They were having regular meetings going back to 2018. What's next? The FBI's responsibility for causing the censorship of this politically explosive story is clear. And because the FBI knew that Hunter Biden's laptop had not been hacked and that the materials on it were authentic, by prompting the censorship of the story, the FBI did what? They interfered in the election. They did the very thing that they said Russia was doing, right? But even but even more so, because like they actually created the narrative, planted it, censored opposing views, used big tech to censor opposing views and then blamed it on the Russians. And the Russians like, well, we just did like one hundred thousand dollars in Facebook ads. This is uh, ridiculous. So what this means now. Is that if the press is going to try to cover the story of the Twitter files, then it would require it would be required to give credibility, to give credence to Donald Trump's claims that the election was rigged. Because it was. Right? It was. And by the way, I think this is a fantastic point, mainly because I've been making it for like a year. <laughs> I now I didn't know about I didn't know about all of these uh, the communiques and the uh, the pressure campaigns being brought to bear on the big tech companies. You know I, I didn't know all of the uh, the background stuff here before Elon Musk bought the crime scene that is Twitter. I, I didn't know that, but I could tell because I followed the Mueller report and I could tell with the Alpha Bank story. Right, you, you we learned 
and, and with the FISA court applications, we learned that the things that they were saying, these allegations, they were not true, right? The Devin Nunes memo, like all of this stuff was being documented. And over the course of time, it, it comes out. And we learn snippets here, snippets there. And the pushing of the Russia hoax, Russia collusion hoax, that narrative by the media, I have said for the last two years, I said, it, that's the thing that Donald Trump is rightfully uh, damaged by. That's the thing. Like he talks about the stolen election. He talks about the vote counts and on the, in the machines and whatever. But this has been the true and I think most effective and persuasive argument that he should have been making. You had election laws that got changed. We, we had it here in North Carolina with collusive settlements, right? Lawsuits that were filed by leftist organizations, Democrat-aligned organizations, they sued to change rules, the election rules, for COVID. And they got sympathetic judges. They ran out of time. They changed the rules. You had absentee ballot harvesting. You had all of these things that changed, all these rules that changed. You couple that with the Russian hoax, the Russian collusion hoax. Couple that with the censorship of media reports. We knew that the New York Post had been censored. We knew that. We didn't know all all of the background details, but we know now. So, yeah, the FBI rigged the election, right? They suppressed an October surprise damaging story against Joe Biden in order to harm Donald Trump's chances of winning re-election. And I say that as somebody who didn't vote for either of the guys, but I can see that. That's obvious. And for all the folks who are pretending they can't see it, what was your view when Jim Comey came out and made that announcement about Hillary Clinton? Didn't you say that the FBI put their thumb on the scale there against Hillary? Don't you believe that Jim Comey cost Hillary Clinton the election, even though Jim Comey was not her travel agent and was not the reason she did not visit Wisconsin during the campaign? That was her own fault. Also, she's a terrible candidate and not a likable person. Although Barack Obama did call her likable enough at one point. Number two reason why the press isn't covering it means, well, being the press means you never have to say you're sorry. Much like love, being the press means not being depressed, being the, being the press means never having to say you're sorry. A second reason that the media refuses to cover the Twitter files as it has been divulged. Yes. The second reason is that it stems from the corrupt media's inability to acknowledge its own bias, its own wrongdoing, and its own hackery. To report on the many scandals exposed by these files would require media elites, quote-unquote elites. We need to come up with a term. Media elites. Milites. How about that? Milites. Yeah, milites. To report on the many scandals exposed by the files would require milites to face their own involvement in censoring news and their failings as so-called journalists. By the way, World Economic Forum, multiple speakers in multiple uh, uh, chats, their little interview breakout sessions and stuff. Um, I've seen the videos. They're all up there saying the same thing. Even Joe Manchin is up there. They're all talking about censorship, as in pro-censorship. 
as a way to battle misinformation. They're going to tell you what's true and what's not. This is this is sort of the the it's authoritarian in very in its very nature, but this is like when it comes to media, they believe themselves to know better than you. Because well, I talked to this one government official, they gave me an on the record quote and so therefore I know I'm right. And how dare you not recognize my function as the gatekeeper of capital T truth. And it's 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 the dying gasps of that mentality that we're we're seeing right now with the democratization of information where everybody can talk with one another and you can get all these different stories and some of them are garbage, a lot of them are stupid, but you're going to get all sorts of information like drinking from a fire hose. Trust me, I know. This job has changed since I've been doing it. It When I first started, the internet was not, we have social media, right? The internet was nothing like it is, I wouldn't say nothing, but it, it was, you had to go to like certain sites. They would always get updated at the same time, which was great. I got on at 9 p.m. And so all of the, the websites were all publishing by nine. So in the, during the course of my show, I had all this brand new material every single night. And then every the next day, everybody is, doing the topics that I did the night before. Now it's, you know, 24-7, constant. You have all sorts of people weighing in. I mean, you've got, you know, people with crazy names like Cat Turd 2 driving news cycles. Um, and this this jeopardizes the model. This idea, the, the fact that people can just do their own analysis. Experts in the field can do their own investigation and analysis and then self-publish and then get have it go viral and have people find out about their work. And if their work flies in the face of what the gatekeepers have been telling you, well, that's not appropriate. We need to stop that that virality, right? They need to shut that down somehow. This is the Great Barrington debate, right, where they said lockdowns don't work. By the way, anybody in the uh, North Carolina press you guys ever going to get around to asking Ray Cooper whether or not he made any bad calls during the pandemic? I think that would be an interesting question. I think it's actually vitally important. Hey, Ray, Governor Cooper, did the, uh, well, I mean, his good friends call him Ray, as Hillary Clinton told us, and then Vice President Harris called him. Anyway, Cooper locked us down. Was that the right call? Was that the right call? I would like to hear him defend it and say why. Why was that the right call? Knowing knowing everything we know now about the damage that was done via the lockdowns, would you still do it? If you knew then what you know now about the negative impacts across all these different categories, would you still do it? So... Media doesn't really ever say they're sorry. Not only do these supposed standard bearers of journalism not condemn the the censorship, a lot of them just ignored the story when the New York Post got uh, censored. Those that did not ignore it, like NPR, right? They didn't discuss the details. They just justified why they were ignoring it. You remember this? They said that they didn't want to waste. Sorry, they said, we don't want to waste our time on stories that are not really stories. And we don't want to waste the listeners' and readers' time on stories that are just pure distractions. They just called it a distraction. No explanation needed, nor one given. 
It's just a distraction. It's a waste of time. And all of their, oh, by the way, on the way into work today, I flipped over just, I always like to take a listen, like, oh, what are they talking about over on the NPR affiliate? You know what today's was? Today was the state of drag. Not kidding. It was the state of drag. Like, a look at drag shows, the state of drag shows. Well, you know about drag queens, but what about drag kings? That's, I'm not kidding. That was what that was the programming is whatever covering the Twitter files would mean uh, that you it would be an implicit admission that they were wrong not to report on the laptop story and that they were equally amiss in failing to condemn the censorship on the New York Post. Right. And they don't want to admit they're wrong. They, they're not going to say they're sorry. Your NPR is not being called out for saying that this was just a waste of time. So they're just going to keep ignoring it. If they keep ignoring it, their audience will be ignorant of it. And then they won't have to suffer any repercussions, right? It also, the release of these documents also raise an uncomfortable set of questions for news outlets. Namely, did the FBI warn them? Just like they warned big tech that there would be a supposed Russian disinformation campaign in the form of a potentially hacked laptop or materials involving Hunter Biden. Were you told the same thing, NPR? Is that why you ignored the story? Is that why you allowed the censorship of the New York Post to go unchallenged? Because you were told by the feds, oh, that's just a Russian hack and leak story. Oh, look at that, the New York Post. They're just tools of of the Russians. He's there, Putin's puppet. And Oh, you were so high and mighty. How does it feel? How does it feel now? Reporting on the Twitter files would force legacy outlets. It would force them to confront the potential reality that the FBI played them and that the media is willing to trust the government rather than be a check on its abuse. That's exactly what occurred. Reporting on the facts then would require the media not only to acknowledge its own failings, but they'd also have to apologize to whom? No, not Donald Trump. Let's not get crazy here. No, they would have to apologize to Elon Musk, right? Because Musk was right. They would have to apologize to Musk, and they'd have to admit their own complicity. And these are things they obviously are unable to do. They just cannot do it. It's the problem with conceited arrogance. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Got an email uh, to Pete at the PeteCallanerShow.com. Uh, the Epic Times uh, had a, uh, a great infographic detailing the connections all uh, in the, that have been out uh, that have been outed as part of the uh, the Twitter files here. A tangled web we weave. Indeed. By the way. You realize what I've been doing to you with the, with, with the music here is that every time it's said and you start hearing that tune, when you hear the term Twitter files and you don't hear the music, it's going to feel weird like it just did, right? I'm priming you. I'm conditioning you. That's what's happening. It's brainwashing. 
I don't know what for. Uh, yeah, I don't. I haven't thought it through yet, but um, <laughs> I kind of like it's Pavlovian, but I don't. I, I don't know what the payoff is. So I, I probably should have. I probably should have done some thinking on that ahead of time. Anyway, uh, Margot Cleveland writing at thefederalist.com, the five reasons that the legacy media is ignoring uh, this scandal. Number three, condemning the feds would shut down sources and hurt their heroes. Absolutely. Absolutely. The media are also ignoring it because they're protecting their sources, both literally and figuratively. Many of the same FBI agents and government officials, such as Representative Adam Schiff for Brains, who pushed for Twitter to censor speech, probably serve as regular sources for the legacy media. Yes, we know this. Adam Schiff is a leaker. He is a source for legacy corporate mainstream drive-by media. Has been for years. How do you think he gets on all the shows all the time? There's a quid pro quo that occurred. Don't tell me there isn't. Here we go. Hang on a second. Hang on. From the stack of stuff. Mediaite.com. From my friend Caleb Howe. Uh, This was from earlier this month. Republican Congressman Adam Kinzinger was picked up by CNN just hours after his time in office ended. Mediaites Colby Hall, uh, he's the founding editor, went on to News Nation's uh, Leland Vittert program and uh, talked about it. He said the political side and the media side are working hand in glove. Right? And so now Adam Kinzinger admits that he's on the CNN team. Right? Frequent CNN guest. He is now a paid CNN political contributor. And that's fine. Everybody's got to make a buck, right? That's fine. I don't begrudge him for that. But it happened just hours after he left Congress, which tells us what? He was in negotiations for this while he was a member of Congress. Right? So while we're paying his salary, well, you know, taxpayers from, where was he from, Ohio or something? Um, He's getting his salary. And he's lecturing us about truth and justice and transparency and all this stuff. Meanwhile, he's having chats with CNN so he can get his nice soft landing. This is not new. Jen Psaki briefed from the uh, White House podium during negotiations with NBC. Right? She was still up there talking to the media while she's been in negotiations with one of the participants in the briefings. Simone Sanders also left the Biden White House and denounced an MSNBC contract with shocking swiftness. Same thing with Kaylee McEnany when she went to Fox News from the Trump White House, right? So this this occurs. Colby Hall says, quote, like a moth to a flame, Adam Kinzinger went to CNN, and I'm not even sure who's the moth and who's the flame in this instance. Uh, if you look at him, he's barely across the median stripe of where he is politically, and that's the game, right? So they could say, CNN could say, oh, he added a conservative. Yeah, but he's like the least conservative Republican you could find, Right. Same thing on Fox News with Harold Ford. And it plays into every trope that politicians and people that work in D.C. that they're really just trying for a gig in the media. Yeah. Oh, and I saw today, Kinzinger. He's selling signed copies of the January 6th report for 100 bucks. Really, dude? Come on, man. Have some self-respect. A signed copy... 
of the report, the J6 report, for $100. Anyway, media is ignoring the story because it hurts their heroes and would shut down their sources, right? If you, if you drag Congressman Schiff for leaking and lying to you, you're not going to get the source info. You're not going to get the leaks, right? This scenario is especially likely if the FBI pushed for the press to censor the Hunter Biden story as it had with Twitter and Facebook. Reporting uh, on the Twitter files would thus force the media to hammer some of the same individuals who give them the leaks. Condemning them could shut down their networks, their source networks. And the media folks can't risk that. The media likely will not... uh, want to hurt their sources who pushed the Russia disinformation lie to the tech companies because they see themselves also as on the same team. They're anti-Trump too. Just as the media refused to condemn the DOJ and the FBI involved in pushing the Russia collusion hoax because the press favored the unwarranted attacks on Trump, which hamstrung his administration. So the leftist media silently applauds the FBI's interference in the 2020 election because it helped deny Trump the second term. The ends justify the means. That's what this is about. They're okay with it. Right? They say this, they, they share the same worldview. The media will thus keep mum about what the FBI did because they are grateful that the intelligence agencies destroyed Trump's chance to defeat Biden by prompting the censorship of the October surprise. I'm reminded of the words of, uh, what is he, a CNN contributor now? Peter Strzok? In one of the infamous texts to his paramour, Lisa Page. No, no, we'll stop him. And then when asked about the texts in a congressional hearing, he said, oh, I didn't mean us as in us, the DOJ. I meant us as in the American people. We'll stop Trump. That's what he meant. Talk of insurance policies and such. No, 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 that was... That was about voting, don't you see? That's why he was trying to assure Lisa Page, it's going to be okay. We won't let it happen. We have insurance on this. We'll stop it. I mean, at the uh, uh, ballot box, of course. Number four. Ignoring the Twitter files also helps the media preserve the Russia, Russia, Russia narrative. FBI and federal intelligence agencies used Russia's supposed interference in the 2016 election to push for more resources and collaboration with tech giants, right? They conjured up the Russia collusion narrative in 2016, right? They used Hillary Clinton campaign opposition research in order to foment these lies, push the Steele dossier, the Alpha Bank story as well, right? They used... This narrative, these lies, to try to keep Trump out of office, but then also to build off of with the big tech companies to advance a censorship regime. That's what they did. This is not in debate anymore. Like, this is not just, oh, that's paid right-wing crazy. This is not up for debate any longer. We know this through the Mueller investigation. We know it through... The uh, uh, oh, well, I'm, uh, not, I'm drawing a blank on his name. It's not Moskowitz. It's uh, Horowitz. The the uh, Inspector General Horowitz, 
right, through his investigation. We know it through the congressional hearings. And uh, we know it now from the Twitter files. And we know it from the Missouri lawsuit, the attorneys general that are suing uh, the Biden administration over their coordination with big tech companies. So we know all of this. I mean, we know this. If you're a, if you are watching CBS, NBC, ABC, whatever you're watching the the alphabets, you're watching the legacy media. You're not seeing this stuff because again, I told you that website memorandum. This stuff, the Twitter file stuff, doesn't ever track in their aggregation service. George Santos is always at the top now. Last couple of days, George, and the and then the government shutdown. Oh my gosh, we're not going to be able to borrow more money. Yeah. All right, so the Russian boogeyman has to be preserved at all costs. It's another reason why they won't report on this. It gets it, it blows up this narrative and they can't afford that. Hey, tomorrow, the 31st annual Union County Crime Stoppers Barbecue. It's going to be in, well, in Union County. Yeah, obviously. Um, And it's at the Ag and Events Center, the Ag Center in Monroe. All day, uh, WBT hosts are going to be down there. The door is open uh, for non-WBT hosts at 11. It's from 11 until 6 at the Union County Ag Center. Uh, Plates are 10 bucks each. Tickets or plates are $10 each. And uh, they're going to do the presentation of the Law Enforcement Officer of the Year, they got barbecue there, it being a barbecue and all. Uh, uh, they got live music. Uh, they got the barbecue, of course. Uh, they got federal representatives, state and local folks, and, of course, the barbecue. So go check out the website, unioncountycrimestoppers.com slash BBQ. And you'll hear us talk about it tomorrow. Um, all right, so uh, why isn't the legacy media, corporate media, why aren't they covering the scandal that is, and make no mistake, it is a scandal of epic proportions, uh, what is being outlined in the release of the Twitter files. Why aren't they covering this stuff? Why indeed? So we've gone through Margot Cleveland's piece at the Federalist here, the five reasons she outlines, and I think she nails them. Uh, number one, it gives credence to Trump's 2020 election claims, and that would be unforgivable for the media. Number two, uh, being the press means never having to say you're sorry, right? They'd have to apologize, and they don't want to do that. Number three, Condemning the feds, which shut down sources and hurt their heroes. True. Um, this also uh, it, it relates to a uh, a couple of tweets that Project Veritas put out. James O'Keefe responding to Elon Musk asking about this kind of corruption. Why aren't they reporting it? And Project Veritas's James O'Keefe uh, pointed out that. This is sort of the natural tendency of corruption of journalists when, who cover beats. It happens. I knew this when I was in journalism school. When you, when you are you're trafficking in information, that's what a journalist is doing, right? They're trying to get information. You have to go to these various sources, and, it's, and, and some of those sources are government officials. And they're going to be using you to plant stories, to leak out information, it is a corrupting kind of influence. And once you start down that path of getting these kind, uh, these uh, these scoops, it becomes much more difficult to do stories that hurt the people giving you the scoops. 
And they know that, by the way. They know that. Why do you think they're giving you the scoops? Okay. Uh, Number four, the Russian boogeyman must be preserved at all costs. They're still using it, by the way. Russia, as the boogeyman, they're still using it. Even though Twitter said that Russian information uh, or the Russian interference theory that the Democrats were pushing with the uh, the release the memo hashtag, remember, with the Devin Nunes memo, and everyone was like, release the memo, release the memo, and there was all this push. It started trending, and and guys like Adam Schiff and uh, uh, intelligence uh, community members were like, well, what's going on? This is... This isn't right. And then you had Mark Warner, senator from Virginia. They were like, this is Russian disinformation. Russian bots are driving this uh, this hashtag. And Twitter looked at it and they were like, no, they're not. This is an organic thing. This is the people saying they want to hear more about the memo. They want it released. Democrats and media continue to push the false storyline. It's being pushed right now as I speak in Davos, Switzerland. In order to try to wave off, to dismiss criticism of the World Economic Forum. They're saying everybody who's attacking them are part of a Russian disinformation campaign. This is how this is how addicted they are to this narrative. Like, guys, I understand Hollywood has turned Russians into like the, the like the de facto bad guys for every story. I think that's actually because Russians are white and you can make them bad guys without any kind of fallout. But I but really like, they're not under every bed. They're not hiding behind every tree or in every closet. Corrupt media need to maintain Russia as the bad guy for future elections and to counter future scandals affecting Democrats. And finally, reporters prefer their role as propagandists to journalists. The so-called journalists working at outlets that were once the standard by which all journalists were judged today value politics more than they do their professional obligations. Informing the public and providing a check on the rich, the powerful, the politicians, these are no longer the end goals of corrupt reporters. Rather, they seek to use their power to advance their own personal beliefs and agendas. In short, the reporters refusing to cover the Twitter files prefer their role as propagandists to journalists. I've made this analogy before. Oh, yeah, here. I made the analogy before. It reminds me of the record industry with the rise of the file sharing with Napster and stuff and such. And while the record companies were so busy suing everybody, trying to you know get people thrown in jail for stealing the songs and stuff for, because they were uploading files, right? I know kids have no idea what I'm talking about, but back in the day, like, you could record these things, turn them into MP3 files, rip them up into uh, into the internet, and then everybody could have them for free. And the record companies spent so much time and attention trying to shut that down, they did not adapt. And along comes Apple. And they're like, hey, I think people will pay for these songs if you charge them like 99 cents. And they completely disrupted the model, right? They blew it all up. That's what's happening in media. You got people that have been the gatekeepers. They liked that position of influence and power, and they're being robbed of it. And they're not taking it very well.